0: As we continue to support the organisations we work with amid the conflict between Israel and Hamas, we wanted to give an overview of the current medical situation in Israel and the Palestinian territories and explain how International SOS is able to help clients if they need our support. Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading health and security risk services company. I'm Chris Giles. Well, join me for this podcast is Dr Ryan Copeland, our Regional Medical Director for Assistance. So Ryan, can we start with Israel and can you tell me how the impact of the conflict has affected its medical services?
1: Israel has a highly developed medical infrastructure with a very resilient healthcare capability which you know is able to manage all types of medical and surgical emergencies and given the historical frequency of hostile incidents within this region this system is well drilled and equipped to respond to mass casualty incidents. And so, certainly, the initial emergency healthcare response to the mass casualty situation that was encountered with the initial attacks was therefore robust and, and certainly effective. We're also aware that during this initial period, damage control stabilization of casualties was being provided by local hospitals within the vicinity of attacks. And more serious cases were then being transferred to central parts of the country for ongoing surgical treatment.
0: So what's changed because of the developing security situation in Israel?
1: We are aware that the Ministry of Health has been transferring patients from hospitals in the north to hospitals in the center of the country. And this activity has been undertaken in order to enable the preparations and preparedness of hospitals on the northern front for any future developments that may occur. The Ministry of Health has also needed to put in place healthcare provisions to account for the needs of the internally displaced within Israel. And this includes smaller Israeli communities around Gaza, but also larger populations evacuated from Sderot with a population of around 34,000, and Ashkelon with a population of around 150,000. And the provisions that have been needed to be put in place include the ability to provide prescription medications and primary care requirements, as well as increased resourcing for resilience centers and for emotional support.
0: And Ryan, have there been any effects of these changes on Israel's healthcare system?
1: The current state of play is that the healthcare system remains fully operational with access to emergency care in both the public and selected private hospitals. We are aware that there are specific hospitals that have been designated as the main referral centres for major trauma cases, and these have now been set up with dedicated emergency room and operating theatre access. What we've also seen is due to the limitation of overall movement within the country, in fact, there's been a decrease in routine emergency care cases, which has provided some short-term relief on the emergency rooms accounting for increased casualties. There have also been reports of resumption of scheduled care in hospitals in the north and in the center of the country that were all deferred. And currently, there are no reported of shortages of medical consumables or blood products. And this is only expected to change if there's a sudden escalation of hostilities and we see a sustained closure of airspace
0: now given the circumstances how is international sos able to help workforce in israel should they need our assistance
1: from the medical assistance capability within israel we are still able to provide medical advice and referrals we can also coordinate outpatient and inpatient care as well as facilitating high school doctor services as well as ground ambulance transfers However, the latter two are very much subject to the actual location of the patient and the prevailing security situation at the time of any request. Teleconsultation services are available within Israel, but these are limited to medical advice as prescription services require face-to-face review. Mental health support services are also readily available for people within Israel offering immediate access to telephonic and online support services for a full range of psychological issues and requirements, including emergency emotional first aid and trauma support.
0: And is there any specific advice that you could offer to our clients who have workforce remaining in Israel?
1: Advice at this time for clients who have employees that remain is to ensure that they have sufficient stock of prescription medications and that these provisions are included in any grab bags in the event of immediate relocation requirements, and that they have access to mental health support services.
0: Ryan, now let's turn our attention to address the Palestinian territories, and how does healthcare infrastructure compare there to what you've said about the facilities in Israel?
1: The situation is a lot more concerning. Healthcare within the Gaza Strip, even before this crisis, was extremely brittle as a result of many years of socioeconomic decline, repeated conflict and border closure. And the reality of these constraints is that a significant proportion of the population is reliant on healthcare services delivered by various aid organizations. In Northern Gaza, we are aware that at least four hospitals have been confirmed to have to be completely evacuated and therefore are no longer operational. Those that remain operational Are experiencing significant issues, including overcrowding and disruption of power due to fuel shortages. Emergency response within these territories are extremely stretched and overwhelmed due to the severity of strikes and also the extensive damage to surrounding infrastructure, creating a dangerous operating environment. The remainder of hospitals across uh, Gaza and the West Bank remain operational, but with very reduced capacity. In the Gaza Strip, in particular, impacted by power disruptions, shortages of generator fuel, medical supply shortages, and an increased influx of casualties and transferred patients.
0: Ryan, can we take a look at the situation in the Palestinian territories from a humanitarian perspective? What's the latest information that we have?
1: So from a humanitarian perspective, the number of internally displaced is estimated at about one million. And given this, along with the disruption of power, collapse of water and sanitation services, and strikes on critical infrastructure, concerns about dehydration and waterborne diseases remains high at this time. It is also estimated that hundreds of people are still trapped beneath rubble, and decomposition of bodies under collapsed buildings also increases the humanitarian and environmental concern.
0: And if we could talk now about our medical support capabilities. With regards to workforce in Israel, how are we able to assist?
1: So from a medical capability, firstly, we have provided medical support for some charter flights. And this was certainly in the initial phases where we had a number of passengers needing to leave very, very quickly. And that was put in place to ensure that there was a medical provision as part of the initial wave. Further to that, we still maintain capability with regards to ground ambulance transfers within Israel, but obviously the capability very much depends on the location of the patient and the security situation at the time. The ground ambulance transfer across border needs to be very carefully considered, given that the duration that the border crossing could take is unknown and unpredictable. We would avoid any kind of uh, transfer of any complex medical case uh, for these reasons. So, whilst we do have ground ambulance capability to move to border crossings and move into alternative locations such as Jordan, the complexity is very much linked to the volatility of the border control.
0: And given the ongoing conflict, can you tell me about our medical evacuation capabilities from Israel?
1: From an air ambulance uh, perspective, we do maintain an ambulance medevac capability. But at this stage, there are um, several considerations that ambulance operators are having to take into account, which include the volatility of airspace closures, uh, as we've seen play out over the last week or so. The ramification of risk insurance that is required for deployment, which at times makes it not feasible for certain operators but also the challenges with regards to clearances. And there may very well be a requirement for diplomatic influence to expedite clearances. We do, however, have an Israeli ambulance operator that is obviously based in Israel, and that uh, would obviously be a potential solution, but availability is is expected to be limited. So just to reiterate, we do have medical evacuation capability, but there are some operational constraints that would need to be considered as part of this.
0: I imagine it might not be possible to carry out medical evacuations from the Gaza Strip right now, but might it be possible in future?
1: Right now, we are working very closely with our security colleagues, but also our providers, both medical and security and logistics, to ensure that we have a good understanding of capability and assessment as and when it looks like there's a viable border opening.
0: Okay, Ryan, thanks so much for all your analysis and advice. That's all for now, but just a reminder, you'll be able to access all the latest information and updates on the situation in Israel and the Palestinian territories from our website, internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.